This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161. You can follow the podcast at Marking Out. Buy some shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Facebook.com slash Marking Out. YouTube.com slash Marking Out 11. You got iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, we're on that. Check it out there. Otherwise, you can listen to the show on MarkingOut.com. I am doing awesome as always. Nobody will be asking me that question because, unfortunately, I am not being joined today by Dave. He is actually in the hospital with kidney stones. So... Uh, hopefully he, he gets better and, uh, returns next week. So as of now, it's, uh, right now it's a solo show, but Dave did give me his predictions for Battleground, but we'll, I'll dive into all that much later. Uh, unfortunately this past week, uh, there were a few deaths in the real world. Uh, one of them being Martin Landau, uh, famous Hollywood actor, um, most notably to the wrestling community as Sal Bandini from Ready to Rumble. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, it, it always is unfortunate when somebody passes away. Uh, George Romero also passed away completely. I mean, he's the... He's the reason why zombie films are zombie films. With with uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and all those films completely inspired a whole genre of movies. Uh, so it's unfortunate that he passed away as well. Uh, this past week, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park also passed away. If you need help, reach out. There, there are people there. It's unfortunate. I'm a, I was always a Linkin Park fan. I was contemplating going to see them next weekend at City Field. It's unfortunate. And then yesterday, John Hurd passed away, who is most most notably from Home Alone One and Two, played Peter McAllister, the father. And I don't mean to start the show off in such a somber way, but I felt like it was necessary to cover them and cover their, their deaths and, and just talk about them for the, for the quick minute or so. Uh, as far as my week, I, I went to see two concerts this past week. I saw Rod Stewart and Cyndi Lauper, uh, and then I saw Foreigner with... It was their 40th anniversary tour with Cheap Trick and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience. Both shows taking place at Jones Beach Theater. And I uh, I enjoyed both shows. It, it's really... I saw Cyndi Lauper, I think it was last year. It was really cool. Uh, and then I, I've seen Rod Stewart three other times before this week. And it's like he always puts on such a, a good show. Like, his shows are awesome. So if you ever get a chance to see Rod Stewart, definitely go check him out. Um, as far as the Foreigner show goes, it was really cool because I've seen what Foreigner is now in 2014. I saw the original lead singer, Lou Graham, in 2015 do a couple of songs. Um, and then this, this past show that they did at Jones Beach... They, for the encore, for the first time in in so many years, since 19, I think it was 1980, they had Ian McDonald, Al Greenwood, 
and Luke Graham come out and perform as Foreigner. Like all of like I saw Foreigner, the original most of the original Foreigner, which it was so cool to see that. Um, and it's like such a random show that you just pop up at and decide to do that. But it's their 40th anniversary tour. I'm sure, I don't know if, if that'll happen again at any other shows, but if you like Cheap Trick, if you like Foreigner, Foreigner has so many hits, how could you not like Foreigner? Uh, and then if you're a huge fan of Led Zeppelin, I'm not really that big a fan of Led Zeppelin at all, but it's Jason Bonham, that's John Bonham's son, the uh, drummer for Led Zeppelin. Jason was the drummer for Led Zeppelin when they did the whole, I don't know how many shows they did. It might have been like one or two or three shows in 2007 when Led Zeppelin reunited. So check check them out. I thought, thought it was a good show. I contemplated buying a Jason Bonham signed drumhead or, or signed drumsticks, but in the end I was like, I really I didn't need them. So I ended up not getting it. Uh, even though, I mean, people were selling, people sell those drum heads for a lot more than they were selling at the concert, but check, check these shows out, go to, go to concerts. These tickets, I, I paid 20 bucks to see Foreigner and they all, they all, they reunited. That's awesome. Something else that took place in the real world, uh, but still related to wrestling this past week is the fact that Shane McMahon was traveling to the Hamptons in a helicopter this past Wednesday, and they had to make an emergency landing in the ocean right off of Gilgo Beach. Uh, he's completely fine. Him and the pilot, they both made it out. It was just, they landed it right on the water. Um, so that's, thank, thankfully, they're, they're both fit safe. And if you've been reading these news articles or hearing it on the news and you think that you might know, you might have heard Gilgo Beach from somewhere before, um, a bunch of bodies were discovered there from like two, like maybe 2010-ish. Um, that's the Craigslist killer. It's still still out there. Uh, so yeah, so if you've heard, if you've, think you've heard of Gilgo Beach, that is most likely why you've heard of it. Uh, moving on from that to some pro wrestling news. Buddy Murphy was tagging up with Cassius Ono this past week to take on Hideo Itami and the Velveteen Dream, and he might have been injured. He might have uh, injured either his leg or his ankle. Hopefully, the injury isn't a serious injury. And he could continue to wrestle for in NXT. Uh, Nick Aldis, Magnus, he's apparently finished all all of his dates with Global Force Wrestling. That's not a sign that he will be moving to WWE. However, his wife is currently Mickey James. She's in WWE as well. So you never know with these things. You never know who will show up where, when. Like John Morrison and Ty Valkyrie, they they're apparently they're going to be working Global Force wrestling shows when when Global Force has their events in the tri-state area in New in, I think it's Staten Island, Long Island, and Connecticut in the first week of August. Drago is also going to be on that show, and uh, Jeremy Borash also said that Dave and Jake Chris are going to be making their debuts for Global Force Wrestling as well. So I wish them absolutely nothing but the best. And it's awesome that they're that they'll be that they'll be wrestling there. Uh, something some hot topic that took place. San Diego Comic Con's taking place right now. WWE and Mattel announced Barbie esque dolls. Including Nikki, Bree, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Alicia Fox, Bailey, Naomi, Eva Marie, Natalia. There are also six inch versions of them. And the internet is just like absolutely on fire. Most of it's positive. There's some negative thoughts towards it. 
I don't understand why there are negative thoughts towards it. I, I'm like, maybe they think because, oh my God, Mattel is paying so much attention to these dolls that they're not paying any attention to the action figures that get released regardless, which is one ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out. It's like, I don't under, I don't see the problem if they want to market something specifically for girls. I mean, boys can play with dolls too. But if they want to market it towards that, I see absolutely no problem there. I think it's cool that they're doing it. I've, I've for the longest time, insert Dave singing longest time, uh, I've thought that, like, I thought it was crazy ever since that WWE teamed up with Mattel. How did they not put out a line of Barbie dolls? And it's even, it's, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I wish these were Barbies because of how famous that the name Barbie is. Um, but even still, it's, it's still a Mattel doll. And I, I see no reason why people should be complaining about it. It's like, it's not, if you're complaining about it, then it's clearly not marketed for you. It's not out there for you. But for all the, the people that look up to these superstars and want something, maybe they don't like action figures. Maybe they want something, I don't know, I don't know what they would want, less something, but more, more like a Barbie than a wrestling figure. People are comparing, well, why do you want this when you have this? It's, it's a completely different product. It's, it's obviously, it's not marketed towards you. You don't have to go out there and complain about it. It's just support it. It's crazy that WWE wouldn't have Barbie-like dolls. Look at all those Wonder Women, the Wonder Woman dolls that just came out recently. Those things are flying off shelves. Like, how do you not, how do you not think that, like, oh yeah, that's great. That's a, an incredible thing for the business. I don't know. Moving on to that, finishing up some independent wrestling dates. Donovan Dijak uh, might be headed to NXT. It's the same thing with Leo Rush. I hope both of them make it to WWE. I hope both of them come to NXT. Uh, both tremendous talents. Um, we put Leo Rush over so much in such a quick time in professional wrestling He's definitely made a name for himself. Dijak as well. Uh, I can't. I, I hope. I hope both of them come to NXT sooner rather than later. Uh, and then lastly, Brock Lesnar. There were rumors swirling this week that he was putting himself back into the US ADA drug testing pool, which I, they were saying they were. He would want to be returning to UFC for a fight. In November at Madison Square Garden, that would mean that he put his name into back into it before he was suspended. I assume. I don't remember when he was suspended exactly, but I believe if he was going to do that, he would still have to serve the term of the suspension, which would still be the year or so. But his, I guess, his WWE contract is up in April two thousand eighteen. So if he's in fact in back in the pool, I'm sure it wouldn't be for this year. It would be for next year. Maybe there's a huge fight at Madison Square Garden that was rumored, which is this year, but I'm sure it could be next year as well. But the UFC Viet, uh, vice president said that there's absolutely no zero truth to it. I hope that if it is in fact true, he doesn't get to bypass all the regulations. But that was some outside the ring news. Moving on to some upcoming independent wrestling. On the 27th of July, MYWC Trust No One is taking place right here on Long Island at the MYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park. You're going to be seeing Alvin Alvarez take on Mouse High Society versus Milk Chocolate. Angelo Andrews is taking on Johnny Clash. 
Beer City Bandits versus Kasim Rana, Spider, and Ultima Maya. Another match taking place, Matt Tremont and Stockade will be teaming up to take on Aiden Bale and Bam Sullivan. You're going to be seeing Robbie E. take on Alex Reynolds. For the Fusion Championship, you're going to be seeing the Big O defending that title against Joe Gacy. The NYWC Starlet Championship will be defended. Willow Nightingale, the champion, will be defending that title against Karen Q. And then for the NYWC Tag Team Championships, Born and Bred, the current tag team champions, will be facing off in a fatal four-way match against the Benson Bros, GIT, and J-Red, as well as Private Party. Uh, I want to just keep moving by, keep zooming by. Going to move on to some WWE Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicked off with Dean Ambrose calling Seth Rollins out. They spoke about the Shield and how Dean Ambrose doesn't trust Seth Rollins. And they brought up the infamous Seth Rollins turning his back on the Shield moment with the steel chair. Rollins goes, hit him, hit me, hit me over the back. Maybe that'll that'll earn my trust. That'll earn your trust back or whatever. So Dean Ambrose lined up the chair shot, drops it. Miz, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, they all came out. They surrounded the ring and ended up brawling. Seth Rollins ended up hitting, getting the skull-crushing finale onto a chair. Um... I, I like, first of all, I, I hate that WWE's like, we're not going to have a Shield reunion. We're not getting them back together. But then they have nothing but talks. Nothing but them teaming up. Nothing nothing but them talking about not doing it. But uh, I thought this segment was good. I, I, li- I enjoyed it. It ends, it ends with Ambrose and Rollins getting a two-on-three handicap match next week. They, they originally was supposed to be two members of the Miz Taraj versus Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. They were like, give us all three. We don't care. We'll do it. Up next, you saw Bailey defeating Alexa Bliss with Nia Jax ringside. Not really minding her own business, but yeah, minding her own business. Uh, Sasha Banks ran down and attacked her, um, which it's, it's weird that the referee wasn't distracted with Nia Jax and Sasha Banks on the outside, but yeah, I liked, uh, Corey Graves yelled at Michael Cole on commentary because Michael Cole so confidently called Alexa Bliss, little, little Swiss Bliss, which I thought that was funny that Corey Graves... Because it's Little Miss Bliss, Michael. But, uh, yeah, so that match was fine. Uh, it, was a, it was a quick quick ending there. But Bailey and Sasha Banks went to Kurt Angle about being number one contender later on in the night. And he told them that they will choose who will be number one contender next week on Monday Night Raw as they will be facing each other for that spot. Um... I think that's going to be a good time for Bailey to turn. Uh, not next week specifically, more so SummerSlam or the night after SummerSlam because they're going to be in Brooklyn. Uh, I think it'd be even more so a good time for her to turn with Sasha Banks most likely winning that match next week. So it's like you get like the jealous factor or something or like what could have been. And... I mean, Bailey is it's definitely Brooklyn is Bailey's city. She's not from Brooklyn, but all of these big moments of her career, you have the huge takeover match against Sasha Banks. You have her Monday Night Raw debut um, the night after SummerSlam last year, and then you could have the night after SummerSlam this year. Huge turn. It would be a huge step in her career to refreshen her, I guess refresh um so yeah uh we'll see what happens next week 
Up next, you saw Jack Gallagher teaming up with Mustafa Ali to take on and defeat Drew Gulak and the Brian Kendrick. Uh, I think the biggest news of this match is that the purple ropes were not there. They, were, they weren't purple later on either, but on 205 Live, they were. So either they didn't have the purple tape on Monday, like they just like accidentally left it somewhere that they didn't have it, or they figured it wasn't worth taping up the ropes for a combined five minutes between the two matches, or they just really, they're done doing that for Monday Night Raw and pay-per-views, I assume. So, we'll see what happens next week, whether or not that's there. But, uh, Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak, they ended up having a 2 out of 3 falls match on 205 Live, which Mustafa Ali won. Uh, so, yeah, there's not much to talk about. The match was too short. There's like nothing, I don't, I don't like when the, these matches are so short. But up next, you saw Enzo Amore come out, cut a promo on Cass, basically baiting him to come out. Um, and Cass, Cass came out under the impression that he was about to face Enzo. Enzo basically sits in the crowd, and Big Show comes out. And there was it wasn't a match, but Big Show ended up brawling with, with Big Cass. Enzo tried to attack Cast from behind, help out Big Show, got hit with a big boot, got knocked out. So I like where this is going. I like that it's, I think it's going to help elevate Big Cast to the next level by feuding with Big Show, by making him look like I just destroyed a giant all on my own. I think that's good. Up next, Finn Balor defeated Elias Sampson via disqualification. Elias Sampson finally smashing a guitar over someone's head. Smashed it over Finn Balor's head. Huge gash. Well, not in the pro wrestling industry. It wasn't a huge gash, but to anybody watching, it was a it was a mean cut. Uh, and that led to Bray Wyatt appearing on the screen to cut a promo on, on Finn Balor. Which I think it's a good good for him to move on. From Seth Rollins to Finn Balor, hopefully that's going to lead to uh, what I said last week I wanted, is that Bray Wyatt's going after every single person in that Extreme Rules main event. Which, check one, Seth Rollins, check two, Finn Balor. You got Joe, you got uh, Reigns left. So we'll see what happens with that too. Up next was Davari taking on and defeating Akira Tozawa. Titus O'Neil stopped the match. And Tozawa got pissed off. Told, told Titus O'Neil that he doesn't care about him. And then Tozawa ended up going on to 205 Live and defeating Davari. So I, I, like, I like Titus O'Neil's position in this company big time right now. There's like we've said it so many times. It's such a it's it's good. Where he's at is is good. Up next was Kurt Angle's big reveal, which just happened to be the Kurt Angle's big reveal was that he is Jason Jordan's father. That's Dead air, but well, like I, what am I supposed to say? He leaves Chad Gable in the dust on SmackDown. He's the brand new member of the Monday Night Raw roster. I'm not. It's like yes, it it very well could have been an affair with Dixie Carter. It very well could have been an affair with Stephanie McMahon, leading to Kurt Angle versus Triple H at SummerSlam. You wouldn't need that much time. To build up the match. The match has been building up over the past 17 years. Literally. They always used to tease that between Stephen McMahon and Kurt Angle. But I'm looking forward to this being a huge push for Jason Jordan. 
Uh, it's weird. I mean, we've already kind of seen them not use American Alpha on SmackDown. We've seen Chad Gable get a, a push of, of sorts. And Jason Jordan. Like, it was weird even when Gable had that match against AJ Styles. And, he, like, Jordan came out with him. And then, like, instantly, like, they sent him to the back or whatever. Which was weird, but... I guess now we know WWE's been planning this for quite some time. But as it's it's pro wrestling. That's this is this storyline is a hundred percent pro wrestling. It's like what like what else is there to say? a lot of people were complaining about it. I thought it was hilarious. I still think it's hilarious that this was that this was the reveal. But I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing what's next. I think Jason Jordan is a tremendous athlete. I think he's a great professional wrestler um, and deserves nothing but the best. So hopefully we'll see an Intercontinental Championship run soon. Um, yeah. Up next, we saw the Revival defeat the Hardy Boys. Uh, right off the bat, started off hot. I liked the Hardy Boys just not even waiting for the match to start. Brawling with the Revival. And then uh, Scott Dawson ended up pulling Jeff Hardy's pants to win. So I'm liking it's like they keep getting they get the cheap victory here. Is it going to lead to a bigger feud between the Revival and the Hardys, or will we see next week Hardy Boys, the club involved as well, leading to some sort of tag team championship match? Cesaro and Sheamus were nowhere to be found on Monday Night Raw. They were just sitting back. Sitting in the back, just maxing, relaxing, all cool. Waiting for an opponent to face, I guess. So this could definitely potentially lead to a championship match down the line. Goldust and R-Truth, they were also not on Raw. I think it sucks. That feud, it's it sucks. It sucks that they just, like, it just dro got dropped. They had the big blow off or whatever, and it wasn't even a huge blow off. What kind of what kind of what, like what kind of writing is that? What kind of story is that? You have for weeks that they they're feuding via vignettes, I guess. Not even vignettes though. It's like backstage they're just quoting movies to each other. Then they have the big blow off. Goldust attacks our truth, films the movie premieres the movie, and then that's it. They have the match, and that's it. That was a very poorly written feud. It's unfortunate to say that, because Goldust was involved. I like Goldust. I like R-Truth. I argued last week that I think R-Truth, if he were to be released from WWE, he could 100% go to Global Force Wrestling, march right in there, and become their world champion. I stand by that. Up next was the main event for Monday Night Raw, which I have to say it was hard to focus for the Revivals match with the Hardys as well as this match because, like, that Kurt Angle news was just like, what the heck did they just do? But Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns went to a no contest because Braun Strowman came out and attacked both of them. Braun Strowman tossed Roman Reigns through the ropes right into the ring. I thought that was cool. Uh, and then Samoa Joe went after Braun Strowman. And he literally couldn't do anything to him. He tried to Irish whip him. Absolutely nothing. Joe eventually locked in the coquina clutch, though, on the top turnbuckle. And uh, Roman Reigns hit Braun Strowman with the Superman punch. But... Roman Reigns went for another Superman punch. Strowman shut it down. He took Joe out. And he hit the running power slam. Which, when he, when he did that, I thought... When he hit the running power slam on Roman Reigns after Samoa Joe, I thought he was about to land Roman Reigns onto Samoa Joe. But this is another segment where it's like, why... Like, we see pull-apart brawls all the time. Why? Where are the referees and agents and stuff and security? I don't... I don't know why they why they choose, pick and choose, but 
this is definitely something that we spoke about last week could lead to a fatal four-way at SummerSlam between Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and uh, Braun Strowman. But, uh, and honestly, there's no way that match should be anything but at this point. They've already, they've written Samoa Joe into the storyline. They they wrote Roman Reigns into the storyline, even though he was the, the number one contender. And then they wrote Braun Strowman into the storyline. So there's, like, that is what the SummerSlam match, in my opinion, should 100% be. It would allow for the championship match to be a, a much longer match with probably most of the work being focused on Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, and Roman Reigns. Because Brock Lesnar matches, like, how short have those been? But I think that's a, I think that's, that'll be good. But we'll find out next week. Kurt Angle announced, I think he announced that we'll see something, some sort of fallout. It's raw. You know, you know the place. Moving on to SmackDown, the go-home show to Battleground. Opens up, they have the Punjabi prison being lowered down. Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers are inside the, the ring eventually. And uh, I, thought, I thought this was a good segment where the Singh brothers were explaining the rules of the Punjabi prison. Uh, and then Randy Orton came out, cuts, cuts a promo, whatever, climbs up on the cage, and then speaks more about him becoming WWE champion, which it's like, I hope part of me thinks that Randy Orton like 100% could potentially win the WWE championship on Sunday. I hope that's not the factor. I hope that's not the case. It would just do so much more for Jinder Mahal if he wins. It's it's the Punjabi prison. Just let it be. Just just come on. Don't we don't want Randy Orton as champion. So up next, the first match of the evening saw Jimmy Uso taking on Kofi Kingston. The only thing I wanted to personally note for this match was that I really liked Kofi Kingston doing the unicorn stampede by himself. I don't think that'll make its way into WWE 2K18, but hopefully, hopefully it can. Because I would definitely like to see that in the video game. Uh, up next, Shane McMahon met with all the women. Uh, it ended with Natalia suggesting Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, which then got turned into a match for later on. Up next, Renee Young interviewed Chad Gable about Jason Jordan, and he, sp he spoke about how it came to a surprise. It was a surprise to him, but I'm definitely looking forward to his single career, like I said, during Monday Night Raw. Um, I don't know if I see a U.S. championship run anytime soon with AJ Styles being the champion right now, but, um, that match that he had against AJ Styles was really good. And I said it then, I, I wish it, I wish it was a longer match. I would a hundred percent, I don't think WWE, I don't know if WWE has ever done it. Um, and I don't know if WWE ever will, but I would 100% like to see a no ropes match between them. It's they're both so technical that that the match I I would I 100% fully support that. Up after that, Mike Kanellis defeated Sami Zayn in his SmackDown debut. It was a good in ring debut for him. His tights I think are they're they're cool. They fit the gimmick. Uh, a little reminiscent of Billy Gunn, just because there their lips everywhere, but Maria is also on them. Um, and then she actually got into the ring and distracted Sami Zayn, and Mike took advantage of that. Which I feel like, I kind of feel like that's been like every Mike Bennett match, was like Maria Kanellis somehow trying to get her, trying to get the opponent distracted by getting up on the ring apron or something. This in just in this case was just her getting into the ring, trying to prevent Sami Zayn from from damaging her husband, I guess. So I'm looking forward to that. They get the rematch at Battleground. 
Uh, after that, John Cena cut his huge like USA promo, which I thought was very well done. Which it's weird. It almost like for whatever reason, it kind of reminded me of Team America World Police. But it was just like, oh, America, 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 America. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, Rusev came out, blindsided John Cena. Cena, he grabbed the flag and out of nowhere, boom, super kick. And then Rusev beat him down and grabbed the Bulgarian flag to celebrate. Becky Lynch took on and defeated Charlotte. Natty was on commentary, which I thought was, uh, she had a brilliant line, in my opinion, uh, replying to Byron Saxton when he brought up, well, Natalia brought up how Charlotte took basically everything from her father. And Saxton goes, is it not the same thing with you? And she goes, when you're the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, you can do that. I just thought that was good. Uh, and then I, I thought this match, like, shockingly, I thought it was one of Charlotte's, one of her better matches. They shook hands after the match, and Tamina and Lana came out. Natalia also went into the ring and jumped them from behind. Then they got beat up by the three of them, and Natalia went to lock in the sharpshooter on Tamina. Lana stopped it. And uh, Tamina knocked out Natalia. And then later on, Naomi was interviewed, and Carmella said that everywhere Naomi goes, she goes. So, as well as the Money in the Bank briefcase. Naomi doesn't have a match at Battleground, but the match at the pay-per-view will be for the number one contendership. So, we'll see. We'll see what turns from that. Up next was the Fashion X-Files. I laughed right away with that the bulletin board pictures, like the UFO saying, I want to believe. Or uh, that, like that classic, infamous picture of Bigfoot. Like, is it Bigfoot? Is it not Bigfoot? Um, but underneath it said, George the Animal Steel on it. Um, what, what else? There was a, a picture of Godfather with ghosts that underneath it said, the Go-Hose train. I thought that was really funny. It, like I, I, it must be them. I feel like it has to be them coming up with these things, like Fandango and and Tyler Breeze. I could definitely be wrong, but I thought that was hilarious. Then the segment you had Aiden English warming up his vocals, which they thought were ghosts. It just turned out to be him. And then a delivery guy came and uh, delivered a package, which I don't understand. Like who? You're a delivery guy. First of all, okay, first of all, let me just say that Tully's head was inside of it, all, like, ripped up and stuff, but how, as a delivery driver or delivery guy, do you deliver an open package? Why Why was the package open? They, like, obviously, they probably, like, thought maybe they can't get the package open or something. We're not going to just have scissors randomly sitting on the table or a razor blade to cut it, but uh, how do you deliver an open package? That's a definitely 100% a five-star negative review, which in case is not a five-star anything. It's a negative anything. A negative five-star review. But these segments are awesome. And then there was a note in the box that said Battleground. So we'll find out perhaps who is behind this at Battleground. There's been a huge rumor that Sanity could potentially be coming up to the main roster to do that. There's also a rumor that Luke Harper and Eric Rowan could be forming a tag, a tag team again. And that, that could potentially be the, the partner. I mean, the, the opponents who have been trashing Brizongo's locker room and stuff or their offices. Uh, one that I think would be interesting would be TM61. I think that would that would definitely pique my interest. They have been out from NXT right now because Shane Thorne has a knee injury. And I believe they gave the time seven to nine months in January. So, like the end of January they had that. 
So yeah, that's I mean it's that's really cutting it close with the seven to nine months. But if he was able to pull that off and get back into to good ring shape for for a feud like this, I would be all for that. I think I think the matches that Brizongo could put on with TM sixty one would be incredible. And it would elevate TM sixty one just to the main level to the main roster as opposed to returning on NXT. Most likely, it's not going to be them. Um, most likely, I, ju- I, pro- I could probably just see it being Harper and Rowan or something. The SmackDown needs more tag teams. Obviously, with, with American Alpha being gone, um, they, need, they need another tag team. And they need, they need more time to focus on tag team wrestling. So, we shall see, but they these segments keep being the best. And I never want them to end. I never want them to end. Uh, next was the main event of the evening was Baron Corbin teaming up with Kevin Owens, taking on and defeating Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. Baron Corbin tried to attack Shinsuke uh, during his entrance. But Nakamura, somehow, his spidey senses were tingling. He was able to duck it and uh, and attacked him. Kevin Owens ran up the ramp to try... Or, did he was already out? I don't remember. No, Kevin Owens was already was, was in the back. He ran out to try to make the save for, for Corbin. And then AJ Styles eventually made his way up to the ramp to try to make the save... Uh, it ended with the stare down between them before the match started, but I thought this was good. I, I liked that, and I, I thought the the end of the match. I just wanted to like that's the one thing that sticks out to me was the the whole end sequence of this match. I thought it was really good, with like Kevin Owens knocking out uh, knocking AJ Styles off of the the ring apron when he went for the phenomenal forearm, and then. Baron Corbin dumping Nakamura by the timekeeper's area. And then when Baron Corbin went for the end of days, AJ Styles just like looped out of it. Uh, The reversal by AJ there, I thought that was awesome. Uh, But yeah, the match ended with Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens on top. So I thought overall it was a decent go-home show to Battleground. But there are so many... There's there are too many. There are too many pay-per-views. There really are. And speaking of too many pay-per-views, taking place this Sunday at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, PA, we have Battleground. Uh we have the the kickoff show preview, uh, not the preview, the kickoff match taking place that's been built up on the basis of internet, I guess, between Ty Dillinger and Eden English. I am going to pick... I'm going to pick... uh, I'm going to say Ty Dillinger. Dave also picked Ty Dillinger for this one. Uh, another match taking place. We got Sami Zayn in a rematch against Mike Canales. I'm going to say Sami Zayn. It's hard for me to say Mike Canales when he just won on SmackDown. Dave is also... Uh, no, Dave's actually saying Mike Canales. So he's sticking with that. Taking place, Baron Corbin versus Nakamura. I'm going to say Nakamura. Dave is going with Nakamura as well. Uh, For, let's see, the flag match taking place, John Cena versus Rusev. The pay-per-view poster from Battleground last year featured John Cena carrying a flag. Did they tease this match a year in advance Uh, with John Cena going over? For me, the only outcome of this match that would make sense is Rusev going over John Cena. However, it's WWE, so John Cena will most likely win. 
I'm going to pick Rusev. Dave picked John Cena. Uh, for the number one contendership of the WWE Women's Championship in a fatal five-way elimination match, you have Charlotte taking on Natalia versus Lana, Tamina, and Becky Lynch. Uh, this match is going to be interesting to see Tamina and Lana teaming up, I would assume. Um, but I also see some sort of quick exit from both of them after, like, after whatever happens. Um, uh, as far as SummerSlam, who will face Naomi at SummerSlam? It's hard not to pick Charlotte here. Dave picked Charlotte. It's hard for me not to pick her because they built her up like, oh my God, she's about to be the Triple Crown tramp champion. She won the NXT Women's Championship. She won the, the Raw Women's Championship. Now it's time for her to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. She won the Divas Championship. Like, she already has those three titles. So, but as far as it as far as this match, um, I don't want Flair to win, but I don't see, like, could they actually throw a left field win with Tamina? Would that make sense? I'm going to, it's probably stupid for me to pick, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Lana. That's I, it's probably a bad pick, but I'm going to say Lana. For the WWE United States Championship, champion Kevin Owens, former champion Kevin Owens, taking on the current champion AJ Styles. I am going to say AJ Styles. And Dave also picked AJ Styles. For the WWE Tag Team Championships, you have the Usos taking on the New Day. Um, I'm gonna. Dave and I both were go. We're going with the Usos. I, I mean, I, as much as I want New Day to win the championships on SmackDown and then like go on to even break their record, I don't see that happening. But. And it's like it's also like from from the Usos. I mean, from from New Day. Like, what's next for the Usos? Kind of thing. Because SmackDown, their their whole tag team division is not great right now. It needs to be built up bigger and better. And the main event of Battleground, you have a Punjabi prison match returning for the third time in WWE history. For the WWE Championship, Jinder Mahal defending that title against Randy Orton. I will be so pissed off if Randy Orton wins. Dave and I both are picking Jinder Mahal to win this. I hope, 100%, I hope Jinder Mahal wins this. Um, yeah, so that's Battleground. Now it's time for some shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. I wonder if I ever if I ever did shameless plugs on the show before. Typically a Dave segment. Unfortunately, Dave is not with us right now. Uh, and I hope I hope people enjoyed this episode. It's uh, just mainly just me talking. But for some shameless plugs, John Faust at Mr. John Faust on Twitter. Check him out. Give him a follow. Uh, check out Eric at MTL Broski, Montreal Broski. Definitely always supporting us, always supporting him. He has so many projects on the internet. Check it, check all of that out. Check out Ariella Nix at Ariella Nix on Twitter. She uh, is a pro wrestler, and she helped tried to help us get to ten thousand followers. I, we're not there yet. But we are at the 9,500 number. We are. We haven't gone under. We, we made it to 9,500. Hopefully, knock on wood, that we stay there. Somebody else that helped us get to 9,500 followers was at Sid Bridge Comedy. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, it's awesome that people 
tweeted all these things out to to try to get us try to get us over the the, the little ninety four nine nine. Uh, also, check out weekly wrestling podcast at weekly w podcast on Twitter. Uh, try to get them. They're trying to get past seven thousand followers. They're almost there. Check them out. Definitely give them a follow. Give them a, a listen at weekly w podcast. Uh, and then also check out at chef dad, 2000 on, on Twitter. Uh, and those are shameless plugs. Hopefully the last time I'll ever do them. <laughs> and now it's time for some shout outs. My name is Dave and you should listen to Brandon shout outs. Make me famous. My first shout out is going to the WWE network because they added all the WWE ECW episodes recently, which a lot of people speak negatively about that incarnation of ECW, but I was a fan of it, and there I thought there was a lot of good things that went on there and came from it. Like, yeah, some of it was super hokey because they had to deal with the sci-fi network. Yes, it was nowhere near close to what ECW was, but I really do think there were so many great things that came from there. Like, I mean, Sheamus, Sheamus did his stuff there. CM Punk, John Morrison. Um, I mean, Christian was champion there. Mark Henry. There were so many things that should have been main roster things that, and that just they didn't have a place for it. I look at it like NXT almost. To me, that ECW in 2009 was like was like NXT. Like, where else was Zack Ryder going to, to shine like that? To do what he was doing? Shelton Benjamin. The, the, the Raw and SmackDown, they didn't have places for, for these people. Kevin Thorne. So, I was happy that WWE ECW took place. And I'm very happy that it's on the network. Next up, going to Cindy Lauper and Rod Stewart. Uh, I can't say it enough times. Go see Rod Stewart. 100% go see Rod Stewart. Cindy Lauper is always cool to see as well. And I'm, I'm very happy that I get to see them. Last up is an anti shout out going to Jolly Rancher Pop Tarts. I got the the cherry Jolly Rancher Pop Tarts this past week. Like they they smell and taste just like a Jolly Rancher. Um, it's like it, the this the smell and taste. It's good for a Jolly Rancher, but it's not good for a toaster pastry. I would never ever let a child eat these. I I don't understand how anyone eats them. I have a whole pack left, and I don't want to eat any of any more of them. It's like I, I I didn't know what I was expecting when I when I tr- went to try it because they do have real cherry, and I would say one hundred percent go with the real stuff. Don't it just it tastes like a Jolly Rancher. That's not a it's not a taste that I want inside of a Pop Tart. So definitely don't buy them, or buy them and try them for yourself. I can't even imagine what watermelon tastes like. It's like when Oreos had the watermelon Oreos. I just I couldn't. I like I just in my mind I thought about what it would taste like and I just it to me it just it tastes like it's too sweet. I don't know. It's just that's not a good thing for a toaster pastry. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our That's right, our mark out moment of the week, my mark out moment of the week, more more than anything. Um, I'm gonna first of all, non wrestling related. Last weekend they had D23 in California, which D23, if you're not familiar with it, it's Disney's. Uh, it's basically like Comic Con, but for Disney, and it happens every two years. 
But they had so many announcements there that, like, I, I just want to go to Disney World so bad. Um, they announced that there will be a Ratatouille ride that I believe is in Disneyland Paris right now uh, coming to Epcot. They have the Tron coaster, which they already they have overseas in Asia coming to the Magic Kingdom, which... I'm not, I don't know Tron. I've never seen it. I'm I'm not a fan of it, but I've seen the Tron coaster video clips of it, and it's one of the coolest coasters there. So hopefully they keep exactly what it is overseas and put it in the Magic Kingdom. It looks awesome. Uh, they also announced that coming to Epcot is a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which I'm looking forward to. A lot of people were nervous because they replaced the Tower of Terror in Disneyland with a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It's the same basic concept concept where you go up and then shoot straight down or shoot straight up, vice versa. Uh, but that's not going to be the case with this. It's going to be its own standalone ride. Uh, nothing like the Tower of Terror. The Tower of Terror is safe at uh, Hollywood Studios. So I'm pumped for that. And then they announced a two and a half D uh, Mickey Mouse ride, which is for the very first time a Mickey Mouse themed ride. Uh, and then they said that it, it's two and a half D, as in they can't call it two D, and they can't call it three D. You won't need three D glasses, but it's going to give you the effect that you have three D glasses on. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. It, it sucks that it's based off of the new Mickey Mouse shorts because. I think all those characters look like they're on meth. Goofy, especially. If you've ever, like, I mean, just Google the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. Goofy 100% looks like he's on meth. I don't like that. I don't understand how they, I don't understand how they have those cartoons looking the way they do. I don't know how, if kids are frightened by them or not. I would be frightened as a child, I think. But uh, a lot of cool things coming to Disney World. A lot of things coming to Disneyland too. They announced uh, some some Marvel things coming there, um, but yeah. So by 2019, hopefully everything will be open. Toy Story Land they announced opens next year, next summer. So it should be good. Um, wrestling related wise, Cindy Lauper at that concert, she sang "Goonies Are Good Enough." and paid tribute to Rowdy Piper, Freddie Blassie, Captain Lou Albano, and then the others that are in the video, it's like Iron Sheik, um, Nikolai Volkov, maybe Wendy Richter, I'm not positive, but that was really cool to hear her talk about Roddy Piper and, and all them. Uh, and it was really awesome to hear that song live. I, was, I, I wanted to hear that the last time I saw her, she didn't sing it, and this time she did it, so that's awesome. Uh, but that's our show this week. Uh, thank you for, if you made it to, to the full 50 whatever minutes it is. Um, and I apologize if this was not your cup of tea. I know there are way too many uhs and ums in here. It's just, it's difficult for me to not do that when I'm the only person here. So hopefully you didn't mind that at all. And uh, this has been our shortest show in quite some time. But given the circumstances, what was that? Some idiot rushing off? What, what, I don't understand. You're, you're on a block. How do you drive that fast uh, up a block? It makes no sense. Like, there's, there's children that live on this block. Like, where could you possibly be rushing to? The stop sign? You have to stop at the stop sign and then what? Turn off the block? Don't drive that fast. Don't be an idiot. Don't do that in residential areas. But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed it. It's been our shortest show in quite some time. And hopefully next week we'll be back, both of us, for episode 338. Check us out. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Buy some t-shirts. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Check us out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash out 11 Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash out. Follow all of us on Twitter at out at BTTG161, at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. And we wish you 
the best of luck in your future endeavors.